There is a chance that a naughty word or two has found its way into the final edit of this podcast. If people effing and jeffing isn't your thing, there are other podcasts suitable for children and snowflakes. So I suggest you turn off at this point. This episode is dedicated to the memory of Barry Rook, a proud Aston Villa fan. He will be missed by all who knew him. He was a cracking gadgie whose company I really enjoyed and he leaves behind a lovely family and no regrets. Hello and welcome to the Beyond Canal Park podcast and what a week it has been locally. Noah came round the how and up the new road in his ark as a freak rainstorm brought Bam from McDuff to a standstill. Meanwhile, I was at home, absolutely blown away by the number of people who have listened to episode 1. I can officially reveal that we have become the number one Banff-based podcast out there. There's not too much local football news to catch up on, um, as both Devon side and Devon Vale's Scottish Cup games against Ben Bourbon Spartans respectively fell foul of the weather and flooded pitches. The Vale unfortunately going out to a last minute goal in the rescheduled fixture on Monday night. Commiserations also go to Banff Rovers, who experienced last-minute heartache, losing to Bucky in the Mike Simpson Cup final. Let's hope they can pick themselves up in time for Saturday's Cup semi-final against Haven. I wish them all the best. This week, I have a candid interview with Devon Side's new manager, Mikey Duncan. He talked to me about his youth, his coaching career, his football philosophy, and all things Devon Side. Here's what he had to say. Mikey, welcome. Hello, thanks for having me. No, it's a pleasure to uh, have you here today, uh, joining me for the second ever episode of the Beyond Canal Park podcast. Um, delighted to have you here. Um, I know how busy you are and you've got training the night, so thanks for coming along. No problem with that. I'm looking forward to hearing all about the life and times of Devon Side's new gaffer. Um, but first, we're going to give your sponsor a little shout out, because as I said... Devon side kind of keep going with you sponsors. So who who is your sponsor? It's the uh, sorry, it's the uh, Severite family who've uh, sponsored me this season. Oh, thank you to them. Thank you. Okay, before delving into side matters, I'm interested in your your journey where you've came from. Um, you were born and raised in Aberdeen. I born and raised in Aberdeen, um, an area around about Seaton, down the beach, kind of way. Okay, we a Don's fan. Aberdeen fan. My granny used to take me to the games when I was younger. She bed in Pitodry, basically, just a street away from the actual uh, ground. Just inside the halfway line? <laughs> just about it. <laughs> just about it, all the back. So you're a big Don's fan. Was your, was your granny a big uh, influence in getting you in, interested in football? Ah, uh, my granny, she was. She was even really got me into football, I would think. She uh, used to run the Pitodry Community Centre. For uh, It was mainly older kind of people that kind of used it, but back in Aberdeen trained local, they, they, they've got a car park, so they would kind of use the facility a bit. Uh, at times they would go over and have their, their dinner with the older, the older people and my granny got to know them and in turn Magic. we got to know a few of the players and management uh, back in when I was young. Magic, so who were that kind of team back then, who were your, who were your heroes? Um, funnily enough it was Jim Layton, he's a, he's, a, he's a goalie. Uh, I like the goalies. But uh, he was the unit I kind of took to for a young age but you had Willie Miller, you had Alex McLeish, Gordon Strachan. Legends. Legends, proper, proper football kind of men. 
That was for Aberdeen. Had a lot of internationals overall. Scottish internationals. Scottish internationals, right? That was there. Ah, oh, great. So also, uh, I mind seeing something you uh, you appeared on a program. Aye. In a stonking tracksuit. <laughs> it was a Neil Cooper tracksuit. It was actually my sister's tracksuit. So it did. Is Aberdeen had? Uh, I think they just won a cup, and um, cause my granny bed so close, school was off. Would sort of nip over the garden and go and get a an autograph or two. And my sister actually got stuck to the wall. She'd lean against the wall and got stuck by a nail. And me being me, I wouldn't help her. And somebody came out and seen us and thought it was amusing and took photos of us. And <laughs> lo and behold, we was front page of the programme. Famous. And you were back recently to recreate it. There was a thing on uh, Twitter that kind of put out a thing asking for the people to come forward. So... I reluctantly got in touch with them. Reluctantly, huh? <laughs> uh, no, I like a bit of favour or anything, but I thought I'd just get in touch with them. And they wanted to reenact it, but my sister wasn't too keen. So instead, they just took us into Pataudry, showed us <laughs> a boot, took a couple of photos, and. Right. Magic. Screwed it. Um, I can't speak to you without mentioning this, but uh, 6th of July 1988 is a date etched in the memory of. Most Aberdonians, I would imagine, yep. um, the Piper Alpha disaster claimed the lives of 167 people, one of them being your father. Aye, my father was actually, I think he was actually the youngest person to die. It was on okay. the actual Piper Alpha. What was his name? Uh, Mike. Mike. His name Duncan. was Mike. So say you were named after him? Yep, named after him. Um, do you, I mean, you were five, am I right? Aye, just a young boy. I can't really remember too much of it. No. I remember bits and pieces and I remember... Finally being upset, I remember, yeah. but can you kind of try to put it to the back of your mind when you're young? That's it, so you were too young to, do you remember him? Or? I remember him, yeah. I, I remember him, I remember, kind of, like I say, I remember him, I remember bits and pieces of it, it kind of went on and the aftermath of it, mm-hmm. and which kind of, had to kind of go on with it, sort of thing. That's it, um, I mean, an event that fundamentally changed your life, I'd imagine, um, was he a football man? Uh, he liked the football. He, he he was an Aberdeen fan as well. I think he played a bit when he was younger. It looks a bone accord and teams like that. Um, mm-hmm. He actually before he went into the oil industry, he was actually in the Gordon Highlanders. Okay, yeah. actually, and he did a bit of boxing and football for them when he was serving. Ah, excellent. So it was a sporty background. So he's a footballer and a scrapper. That's it. <laughs> um, how does a massive blow like that affect your childhood? <sighs> It, it definitely affected us, but we was lucky. Came with quite a good family. They was kind of close. Who stepped up for you? My granda. Mm-hmm. My granda. He kind of came on board and kind of did a lot with him and my granny and my granda kind of helped bring us up. And so they was big, big influence. He hated football. Okay. He didn't football, so that's how my granny kind of influenced me a bit in with the football side of things. Uh-huh. Okay. Did that affect uh, schooling and things, or was it? I probably did a bit of, when I got older. School was never my kind of my kind of thing. Probably did enough to get past. Were you angry? I wasn't really an angry kid. I was no. more. I was probably one of the lads that kind of messed about too much instead of getting mm-hmm. the head done. I like to laugh. Probably still a bit too much at times, but <laughs> can I say that's what it was kind of like? Yeah. And as a father yourself now, many times, um, has it affected how you? appreciate things and how you you act in, 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 as a father? I, I'm, my family is everything to me. I think that was 
capacity and fame of granny and my granddad mm-hmm. came fame has always been massive but i think you appreciate the, the mayor kind of kids i've had that have appreciated the mayor to keep him young for as long as you can instead uh, of mm-hmm. do, you, do you think it's maybe helps you dealing with young guys in, in football who are maybe experiencing tough times i would can relate to him a bit Ah, uh, definitely kind of i think we my past and my, a bit my upbringing i can relate to a number of people and kind of have always been able to deal with younger people mm-hmm. in general so probably his help does it bit. make you less tolerant with the, the spoilt ones out there that, that seem to be coming through as well ah uh, there's a lot of that goes on but a lot of that's a front okay uh-huh. once you get them a while for their pals and you get them a while for the rest of the teammates the nine times out of ten they're different people so uh-huh. that they're showing to be ah uh, you're right um, you did play as a youngster yourself? I played um, school football was massive for me when I was younger. Uh, we used to get up Saturday, 7 o'clock in the morning, catch a bus to Hazelhead, Harlow, Garth D, whatever the game was, and you played for your school. It was massive for every single week. No games was postponed. Mm-hmm. And you would be primary four and with the primary sevens. Uh, so it was near this age no, it's a, it was just you was if you was good enough you was throwing in and uh, you learnt a hard way. Uh, there's sometimes maybe a bit of molly coddled new coming through the, the youth ranks. Definitely. Um did I hear and read right that you were on the books at Aberdeen at one point? Yeah, well fit fit happened with that was um Derek Adams' dad George. He had a TV shop on Uckert Road. And I used to go to my pals every day after school and we'd go and play football, I would run past his shop and this man used to to come out quite often and he would give me all Aberdeen strips, shorts, goalie gloves, all fit buds for Aberdeen. I never knew you'd actually want to do Aberdeen just uh, to get all this stuff. And one day I came home and he was in my living room. So <laughs> I was a wee bit worried. I was thinking, someone went missing for his shop and he's always say it was me or <laughs> what, I'll get a blame for something. And in turn it was, he was speaking to my granny and granda about getting my long uh, training with Everdeen and Everdeen Select and kind of stuff like that so I did that for a while. Granny must have been delighted. Ah she was on the moon, she was on the moon, it never really an end and I wasn't good enough but I learned quite a bit for the couple of the coaches there, you had Chick McClelland and mm-hmm. Drew Jarvie, kind of was good, good, good coaches. Out of the group of players that were there at the time, did any of them go on and forge careers in football? Back, drop? back in it wasn't so much it wasn't a, it wasn't a really a youth kind of with select teams and uh-huh. there was things like that and I was very much kind of like on the fringe of that kind of kind of thing but you had players in a boot you had your Ryan Essens your Robbie Bruins they was they was proper kind of signed players back uh-huh. in again so you you had a lot of boys that went on and played in the Highland League mm-hmm. kind of Robbie Bruin being That's a standout right. yes. he was he was one really good Devon Vale Devon Vale he's actually a striker if I can remember it ever Dean. I think he got a bad injury, kind of set him back. But no, he was, he was the unit I was kind of remember. No. There was a lot of there was a lot of good players back in. It played for boys clubs and schools. No, it went on and did really well. You know, uh, I like listening to podcasts. It's kind of why I want to start this one. I heard one um, that interviewed Martin Compton, the actor in Line of Duty. And apparently he was at Aberdeen, and he's the same age as us, so did you, do you remember no. him kicking about at all? No, no, no. Like I say, I was only against Lex and aye, aye. very much back in. I didn't think I was actually a youth team coming up as in like a under-11s, under-12s. It was just like a, a select that boys that you trained, you played an odd game, and 
then they would go on if he mm-hmm. was good enough. But yeah. I was never ever offered a <laughs> a contract. Is it just just nay quite good enough for just, other reasons? Or? I think it was. Hey, you could put it down a heap of reasons, but it probably just wasn't good enough. I never had the attitude to train back in. I was no. lazy. Okay. And then, what happened for there? Did you fall out of love with the game for a while? Or? I well, schooling kind of went wrong and ended up um, falling out of love with football. Not so much falling out of love with football. It's probably I just struggled big time and football <laughs> kind of moved on without me and I, I couldn't commit to it. But always had a keen interest, always watched it, always loved it. Right. So, fun and how and when did you get into coaching? Um, coaching came about uh, late in his Mulder son. He was primary one, I think, at the time. And we'd uh, enrolled him to go to McDuff Lions. Right. And they never had a coach. I never thought nothing of it. But my partner, Denise, unbeknown to me at the time, she had... Fired my name in. What to, to get you those? <laughs> probably to do it. So I thought I'll go down and help out, and I ended up really enjoying it. Oh. Ended up being there for over ten years. You done uh, the badges and all that? I did my coaching badges I... through McDuff. We ended up being head coach at McDuff Lions, which was an honour. And a privilege, because McDuff Lions is actually did they've did a lot for the kids around about. But we kinda helped steer them in the direction that they're in now with the coaching. Okay, we I was me and a few others pushed to get other coaches to get educated mm-hmm. to help the kids and they went we went doing the quality mark kinda pathway and I think it's benefited for the kids. Oh in turn the coaches are up better. better. Um and you moved into coaching with Devon Vale, some of the youth teams there? Aye, Devon Vale approached me and asked me to take Leighton's team when they moved for Premier 7 up to the, the academy. But I'd always said I didn't really want to coach Leighton. Nah. And I'd said to them no, and they'd said, oh, well, fair about taking a, a year out mm-hmm. and coming and doing a younger team. So I said, oh, it's definitely something I would uh, think about. So Leighton went on and played for him and then for some reason, I think the under-15s at the time had got relegated and uh, I was approached just to help take a couple of training sessions. I took a, a few training sessions as I was coming back into the league and um, enjoyed it. I think mm. the boys bought into what I was trying to do Aye. and asked me to take them on. So I ended up taking on under-15s at the time. Good. And um, I think you... You worked with some of the current side team when they were, were youth? Aye, <coughs> we was an ADGFA, so for what they did, we went and I kind of knew the local kind of fit and there was a few local boys that was playing out within the Vale. Mm-hmm. It, for one reason or another, there wasn't any Vale side, so that was the first thing I kind of did is go and approach and get this local boys back playing. And I was kind of lucky, the group of boys, they wanted to train three, four times a week, right through the oh. summer holidays, they didn't want to oh. take a break. So you had the likes of Nathan Ross, you had uh, Soapy, uh, Jordy Russell, uh, now who have recruited Jack Trail. Oh. And they was uh, in that, that Vale team. Oh. And I was approached by Charlie Charlesworth at the time. He was the uh, first team manager. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had said he'd seen a, had a, a 
passion for the coaching and he liked how much the team had kind of transformed into competing with the big boys for Aberdeen and asked me to take on being head of youth that was after my second season and I I was keen for doing it but we'd always strived for the development of football to be back Mm -hmm. at Avail and back in Avail was not really interested in hearing a development side because okay. we just kind of it's an awful lot of work and hoops to jump through to get us in place so I'd kind of put it back to Charlie I'll come on and be your head of youth if you Aye. give me development football so that was a quite an achievement on its own taking Aye. development football back to to Banff mm-hmm. Aye, magic and hopefully that's helped develop some players for different side in the, in the long run as well ah, well it's produced like I say it's produced just for the squad we've got now you've got Soapy Nathan Jordan, um, Jack Trail, they actually went on and. Aye. And have some of those, some others gone into the Vale first team? Or? Uh, Nathan was in the first team uh-huh. at Vale. You had uh, Jody Monroe. Yes, aye. Has a, a couple of. Well, there's one at Turf, Michael Ironside. Okay. There's quite a lot still actually playing football, Play, so it's, it's good to see. Is that link we working with the likes of your Soapy, Nathan, Jordy? Has that helped you settle into the, your new job as side co-manager? I suppose it has. I've always had a good relationship with them in helping out with the side before I actually came on board. Can I help because the the, the NUMA, mm-hmm. kind of, the lads kind of, all kind of NUMA. So they can't fit your boot, they can't have you want to play. Aye. Um, fit about the established players, I can that um, in the past, different side have kind of been accused of being quite a cliquey bunch. Um, I guess probably unfairly, but how is it for a relative outsider to come in and manage that group of players? That's what I was going to say. Can it, the side is portrayed as a, a a group. It's a closed group. There are mates, and you'll never be one of them sort of thing. You'll never be accepted. But I think that's sold for out within the club. It people actually has never really been involved with no. the club because no. I can honestly say. I don't feel it's like a at all. No, I think it's, it's it's a club that kind of look after you. They look after each other. Nah, I would say it's an unfair thing, but I know that it's something that's out there. It's definitely, I would say it's 100% unfair because we've got boys for predominantly they're all local now, but mm-hmm. can I'm not a local lad and no, I've been made to feel welcome by everybody at the club, for players, the committee, to fans. Cool. So we're on we're on at Devonside now. Um, how did you first get involved with Devonside? Uh, so late through Leighton. Aye. It came about a loan deal for Elgin City. Um, so I just came along watching Leighton. He was doing developing and training, and that's when I first was a wee bit sceptical to start. We thinking a young boy going into the side. Mm-hmm. You hear it, it the, the the cliche it they're a cliquey bunch. But they took Leighton in and was first class, helped them develop and I went to the games, watched the games and uh, ended up helping out. Hamish had asked me, you're at the games, do you want to give us a hand? You can't come and watch side without getting uh, roped in and <laughs> something, even selling tickets or selling pies. Um, fit about uh, when, when Leighton first came in about, was he... Uh, ever, did he ever come home greeting he was getting flat for his dodgy barnet ta-ta, or did he, did he say that the boys were quite welcoming there was a welcoming he was a, a lot of jokes <laughs> I think that's part and parcel of football it's character building 
I don't think there's enough hope goes on now. I think some people are scared to to, to do that in case they're labelled as wrong or kind of no place for it in a game. I think it's good. I think it's character building that helps them. That's it. Um, is it. You spoke a little bit about Ney wanting to manage late in his younger days. Is it strange now being his manager? Um, does he get stick uh, for being the, the boss's son? I'm not <laughs> sure if he gets stick or no. Late in, he's a quiet loony, kind of just gets on with his work. And I heard or seen nothing as a yet. I think maybe he'll mutter things under his breath at me. But I think that would have probably do it, to be fair. <laughs> well, does he, uh, does he get a hard time at him uh, if he's not selected? No, we didn't really speak about football at him. We kind of made that rule nah. when he was younger. We would speak about football maybe a half an hour mm-hmm. after a game. And give him a few pointers here and there. Then that would be it. Maybe just not speak about it anymore. And Granda Dennis is his, his big fan as well, and now a, uh, a big, big side fan. Ah, he's his biggest fan. So how and when did the call to manage different side come? Uh, did you know for a while it was coming? Because not many people knew that Wayne was planning on finishing at the end of the season. Um, I probably knew, well, I was asked to take over maybe 10 weeks before the end of the season. And at last point, I was actually helping Wayne out and John out, I was doing bits and pieces of the medical bag and just Aye. little bits and pieces here and there. And I was <laughs> So it was good, I got an inside view. I never told nobody if it was happening. I'd obviously spoke to Wayne about it and Wayne had kind of told me his thoughts on it and mm-hmm. it was good. He still wanted me to be part of helping. Um, is it, was it a difficult time to take over with it being... I mean, for me, some of the season was tough last year, but it turns out it was our most successful season in a long time. Eh? On a hide- nothing taken over at that point. You could have looked at it that way. Um, I, I want to say I'd never had a hard thought uh, thinking about it, but I think as a person and as players, I would like the players to be thinking the same. You want to be at the highest level you can. You want to challenge yourself. No and get into the Super League is challenging yourself there was times that I thought John scored that last minute goal <laughs> selfish reasons it could have maybe been easier uh-huh. but eh, that's what we want to do we want to be get side as high up as we can uh, and we'll come on to this season how it's going in a second but I want to just ask you about co-management cool because um, it must have its advantages and disadvantages first of all do you and John get on okay and do you have defined roles that you're in charge of uh, me and John got on well. Um, that was one of the things I did kind of ask to be put in place before I would agree as I wanted to meet John. I wanted John to, to stay on as co-manager. I wanted to hear his thoughts. And uh, no, it was good. We met with John. We spoke about what we had wanted and what he wanted. And I think we was both under the same kind of idea of how we would like it to go. Mm-hmm. So it kind of matched and so far and it's been it's been good. Um, are there any disadvantages to co-management? Uh, you want to kind of have it all your own way all the time? No, I, I think it's good. John, this year John has concentrated a lot more on playing, which is mm-hmm. which has been good for me because John is he sets a tone. He if, if somebody does ten keep ups, John will want to do fifteen. If 
They run for 10 minutes. John, I want to run for 12 minutes. So it sets He's never run for 12 minutes. <laughs> Maybe exaggerated with the minutes, but he, he can he pushes himself a bit harder and it's good for the, yeah. the lads to see. Yeah. I think yeah. he's a better player than I, than fit. a lot of people will realise his name until you actually come and watch him week in, week out. Mm-hmm. Fit close, and you actually realise it. He's cool. actually got a good fit by knowledge and he's a can he, he's a really good player. I know Coco said something similar last week, he put him in his best ever 11 and uh, I think he said that um, everyone thought he was finished a couple of years ago and he's kind of gotten a second wind or maybe it's his third or fourth wind and again, his hair's, hair's getting greyer every year. Um, is he still contributing? Is it good to have a gaffer on the pitch? Uh, for me it's good. Can he, he's, uh, he probably hears and sees more of what's going on from yeah. a, a player's point of view if it's good for me being a manager I get to know if it's kind of going on and kind yeah. of bounce well off each other um, is, Does he put his name first on the team sheet every week? To be fair he's kind of left the selection mainly up to me I kind of bounce my ideas off him on a Friday night I'm a team selection and he'll maybe say oh I was thinking this or so maybe give him a go but nine times out of ten he kind of leaves that side of things up to me yeah. and kind of trusts me that's good so uh, we touched on it I think before the season started I said this to Coco as well last week and he agreed that I think survival would have been accepted by everyone um, but what a start to the season we're six wins is it five in the league we're top of the league we're in, still in a cup the only defeats came in a cup to Kuta is that beyond your wildest dreams? It nobody envisioned the start <coughs> that we've had. Um, I think survival still is a massive achievement for the club. Um, out within our few senior players, a lot of that boys have never played Super League no. football. And to the new recruits that we took in, there was a lot of eyebrows raised. Was they good enough? to play at this level I think I had to ask myself that question they had to ask themselves that question but they've came in and they've had to go and run and they've, mm-hmm. they've did well no, I know that I mean some of the new recruits have been brilliant and uh, the, the established players have stepped their game up as well it's been a, it's been great to watch I think the football's been better um, Coco mentioned last week as well I was going back to him but he um, he thinks that the training, certainly a freshness about the training, he's enjoyed the training, I think the boys are buying into it. Is that what you've brought to the table? I think Paul was telling lies about enjoying training. <laughs> he doesn't enjoy training, that's for sure. Um, I think we've kind of tried to just up the intensity of training a wee bit. Kind of everything's short, sharp, and it's mm-hmm. tough. It's tough going. It's a lot of ball work with, with a bit of disguise running, but the players seem to be buying into it. And, yeah and trying hard we being a younger group it's kind of mere the kind of training styles that they've yes. been used to coming up so mm-hmm. they're they've adapt, they, they're used to it they, this more senior players is okay, they're adapting to it and understanding what I want every week and mm-hmm. hey, they're, they're, they're buying into it and, and yeah. again they're, they're all um, do you think you're able to develop uh, players training twice a week uh, I think there's only so much we can do Developing, developing player wise I think they've got to take a part of that on their cell mm-hmm. the mere fitness work that they can do within training and that's if we could kind of try and tell them 
the mere training they do by themselves allows us to concentrate more on football. Uh, you maybe need to um, tell Demo to lay off on a Friday, though the man's a beast. I'm trying to get him to go around past Coco's and maybe encourage Coco to do a bit. Coco gets out with that dog, though. Um, your, your aims and ambitions then for the season, if it's a realistic goal with the start you've made, is it still survival or are you looking higher now? We, we take every game as it comes. I'd like us to finish as high as we can, but also realise that the teams that you're up against, every one of them's established. It's a it's a learning season for us, and if we can go on and survive, it's part of the plan to then <laughs> continue to kick on. But I think survival for us is is a is the main objective of this That's season. Fair enough. Um, is is recruitment one of your strong points? There's been quite a busy summer with people coming in and out, but um, there's a couple of retirements. But is, is recruitment something you feel you're good at? I'm kind of lucky with my background at Avail not too long ago. So I'd, we be in Hida Youth, I kind of knew that in 1998s, the 97s, the mm-hmm. 2000s, and 99s, kind of either of the boys, I kind of worked with them. So I knew what they had. I've watched them off at a very young age coming through McDuff Lions. Mm-hmm. So I know I know them, and I think they know me. Mm-hmm. And the boys that I took in, out within them questioning their cell, they was keen to get to get to the side. Yeah. But they was along the same lines of the, the old cliche, the side is a, a funny group. Mm-hmm. But we managed to convince them it's not, and they came in and did well. And they seem to have embedded pretty well in with things. And... They've been selected not just on their FIPA, they've been selected on their work rate, they've been selected on their attitude, mm-hmm. and every single one of them that's came in I'd say most of the younger players that come in, they've got an attitude that they're willing to, to, to take on board and learn, which in turn, the more senior players, kind of give them a bit of respect for that. And yeah. a day and age for a lot of players come up thinking they're made already, this boy's kind of got a heat doing. And I think it's helped. They've pushed on the, the more established players mm-hmm. because they know if we didn't train, if we didn't play, this younger boys is that they're ready to go. Yeah. Who's, who's really impressed you? That's came in, new player. Um, Rory Davidson stepped up massively. I had a talk with him in the summer. I think he'd spoke to Wayne before, but I'd spoke to him in the summer. He came to me. He lost a lot of weight. I remember him as a youth player. He was he was in amongst everything. A good left fit, good work rate, liked a tackle, but he kind of fell off a radar after scoring for the Vale against Bucky. Went and played football with his pals at uh, Bamford Overs. Um, but he'd, he had that hunger to get back to the level that he thinks he, he could he could be it. So he'd went away and mm-hmm. got himself in a better shape before pre-season. Um, he'd spoke to Bamford Overs and Bamford Overs, they let him go. Uh, they're, they're good like that. I think the players want to give it a shot. They, they want to stand in Does, their way. And no, likewise, I, I like to think we would reciprocate. But, you know, that that team is a breeding ground for side players. It's it's, a, it's not the best standard of the league, but it's good, a good league for people, young players, to, to get some games under mm-hmm. their belt. That's it. And came credit to Bamford Overs. They never stood in the, the lad's way. And they, they backed him. They ended up being his sponsor. Ah, great. So it was good. No, that's great. But he's uh, stepped up. He's uh, he's trained well. He's played well. He's learning fast. 
I think it looks like he's been there for a while, to be fair. A lot of folk raving about him that come and watch his side, but more importantly, probably for him, a lot of players that he's playing with are singing his praises. Aye, they're seeing his work rate and his commitment. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's willingness to, to do a bit of running for Coco and, and John. You've added another player recently in a loan deal? A young Rory Brown. I've known Rory for a while now. I remember going and watching him as a 13-year-old boy, I think he was, playing for Turf 20s. Okay. I coached his brother Jack. I did try to recruit Jack this summer. Mm. He was happy for he was it. He was enjoying his football at uh, Rothy Rovers. Okay. So the, the opportunity, the loan came up for uh, wee Rory. And um, I just thought, hey, we can maybe help this kid develop a bit. What's he bringing to the table that's going to help side? Hopefully we can help him. How is he going to help us? He's got an energy. He's uh, he's actually got good feet. And um, he's got an eye for a pass. Can he, he, he loves football. Can he's training Magic. with Turf Mondays, trains with us Tuesday, Turf Wednesday, us Thursday. So he's really he's really putting in the, the work to get himself fit because he's never played for a while. So that was one of the things I'd stress to the boys was, we need to give this kid a bit of time mm-hmm. to bed in. And once he beds in, we'll see just how good he can be. Yeah, magic. Look forward to seeing him. Um, who, are your, who are your leaders in that squad? Who makes your job easier in the dressing room on the pitch? Who's, who do you rely on? You rely on uh, Coco. You rely on Jamie. Even young Sean Sapel, he's kind of came in this season. He's really impressed me this season. I think he stepped his game up this season. He's, he's, he's looked more composed. Um I think he's done really well in beside Jamie there. Ah, he's kicked on. The funny thing is, me and me and Sophie's had a few battles over the years, and he never ever had it against us. Oh, it's because he said battles with Aldi, probably. I think he knows that I want the best for him. Even from was at Vale, I remember the time we won a, the East Highland League. Mm-hmm. Sophie was he was a striker when I came in, but I quickly seen his finishing ability and stuck him <laughs> back in the defence. Um, I remember a game at Princess Royal where I was doing 4 0 at half time, temporary locals, and I was getting the boys a bit tight because I knew what they was capable of doing, and then Sophie had just hit enough and he started to get his boots and his socks off. And toys out of pram. Toys is out of pram, so I threw my toys out of pram and we had a, had a heated discussion, well, let's say, <laughs> and he came on second half and just bossed the game. Uh. And ever since then, I think a penny dropped with him. At, uh-huh. especially for me he knew I wanted the best for him yeah. and I think he stepped up this year he's definitely he's definitely seems a mere senior player Aye. his attitude's been been, been good so yeah. he's really impressed me that's good who um, who do you think you'll be fighting off uh, offers from Highland League clubs for in the near future next year or two it's hard to tell if you've got I would I would imagine it'd be your younger boys that the, the Highland League clubs will maybe come looking at but we've got a number of players that probably should or could be playing Highland League just now mm-hmm. and you've got big Jamie with the turn in the Highland League you've got mm-hmm. John you've got the experience of Coco you've got Bino fucking playing on the Highland League side this year I would think Definitely. a lot of Phil a lot of Phil if he was unsure um, all the time I didn't think we would hate him either because he's got a little bit of someone else uh, no, we're definitely blessed with a bit of talent we're just unlucky in the fact that uh, a couple of them are at sea but I guess they probably wouldn't be with us if they weren't no that's it 
And you've got the likes of Nathan Ross for on his day is uh, as good as only. Yeah. And I I have a relationship I had with Nathan before I would hope to be getting a bit made out of Nathan as it goes on and I'm uh, positive we'll get up for him. Uh, definitely. Um you spoke to what well, sorry, I spoke to Coco last week and my first guest. He openly said he was proud to be the Devonside captain. Um it's made him uh, change how he is um, and the discipline issues that he had he said were you ever tempted to change the captain name somebody else put a marker down or was was he the natural choice for you um, no Coco was I was a captain he was a captain before I came in and he is a voice he demands everybody gives their all and it was just a natural just to keep that going because I think a lot of credit has got to go to Wayne and John they had kind of built a steeliness in the team mm-hmm. and Coco had a really good season his discipline his attitude his work rate everything was good no. so I didn't want to change too much so Coco was captain and good. it was be the same Jamie vice captain but as a number of them it probably could 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 no. be captains I'm I'm involved in a room a dressing room on match days and I've noticed a considerable increase in the last six months, probably, in the team spirit. Is that just down to them being successful over the last six months, or is there something you've added in, or the players have added in, or what's the secret there? I think it's a lot to do with the young boys that's came in. They've come in and bought into the idea that this is how we are at the side. And, mm-hmm. and we've been lucky, as in the way we've... We haven't been lucky we've won, but we're lucky we've managed to keep the ball rolling and Aye. we've mm. built on from week to week and it's encouraged the boys to, to be a to be a unit and together. I mean if you're including pre-season I think it's 16, 17 games with only one defeat and I mean you're chucking Highland League teams in there I know it's pre-season but uh, you've played some good teams and established teams in that run. No, I, we've had a good run we've really kicked on the game but we lost I thought we was pretty poor first half and we managed to get in I think it was was one 0 doing a half time, mm-hmm. and we probably should have been doing more. We came out and I thought we played for spells of the second half. We did give them a really good a good go and we scared them for a ten fifteen minutes. Yeah. And ironically, we end up losing <laughs> more goals. But this lads they didn't panic. They've kind yeah. of stuck together, and that's what you're seeing there. You're seeing it together and it's you more... You see them fighting for each other whereas Definitely. it might have been missing in years gone by. It's, it's good to see. The criticism, it, it's, it's nearly it's constructive that we're doing in the changing room. Well, what's coming for the senior players, it's coming for me, it's coming for John. Mm. Can, and the boys are buying into it. We're not doing it to be dicks, as to say. We're doing it because we all want the same thing. We want to be mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you... As a manager, have a philosophy, a style that you want your teams to play, or does it change week by week? Or my philosophy is, we have to do the basics. Mm-hmm. I like us to to play with a lot of energy, high rate, high high work rate, but I also like just to try and play a bit of football because when we play, we can play. Mm-hmm. But when we we need to be clever with it, and we are clever with it so far. We're playing the right areas. We didn't take over much chances but it's a it's a high intensity style that we play mm-hmm. and, and we've, we've got to be workman like and everybody needs to do it mm-hmm. and so far they've set a benchmark with the work rate that 
I told them that's what we expect every week now. Yeah. They're not getting praised for work rate on MR because they've did it for so long, it's just the normal now. Uh, I mean, the games have certainly been much better to watch than they have been in recent years, so I'll definitely give you that. Um, you were previously involved in the committee at the side. Um, what are they like to deal with? Are they supportive? Uh, everything I've asked for, they've kind of backed us up. Um, the committee is a hard-working committee. Who are the unsung heroes? There's, there's some in every club, but who would you say? You know? I would say every one of them. You've got Hamish for the chairman. He kind of keeps everybody as a group, mm-hmm. and uh, he's good at what he does. You've got Andrea. She goes above and beyond her role. You've got Linda Legg. You've got... Ronnie, hmm. you've even got Kyle, Kenny comes into the water, Kenny, ball boy. the ball boy, he loves his side, he's side yeah. through and through, but the R, the R, D, they're utmost to help side continue to run and be a success. And uh, we're obviously competing against Aberdeen teams with, with five figure budgets and like a bigger sponsor pool, how much have we spent in comparison? I think me and John told it up. I think this season we've spent a combined total of £32.50 and that was on Jaffa cakes and water. <laughs> we've got a budget of zero. <laughs> uh, I, know, I mean, I, I'm not going to name names and teams, but there's figures banded about some of that Aberdeen teams. That are, it's unbelievable for, for the juniors. And... It's crazy. If it's true, it's absolute crazy. But that's one thing that we've got. Everybody is on nothing. Mm-hmm. There's no massive egos. So why we're able to compete, you think? I think that's I think that's one of the reasons that we've we've got a togetherness. Kind of squad is one. There's no little groups. Mm-hmm. I dig it wrong. I'll be groups that get along better with each other. But at the end of the day, they're one. And I think that comes down to we're not buying players. We're not paying big wages. Right. We're we're one group and we're local. Every single player mm-hmm. that's in here is a local boy. Um, a couple of players have wanted me to ask you about your sketchy disciplinary record on the touchline, always getting bookings. You think you're a marked man by the referees? Is that unfair? It is unfair because I've only really had one booking. <laughs> so I think if I like getting out of the bookings, the referees speak to me. They like to ask me how things is going and things like that. But if it happens on a football pitch, stays on a football pitch. And uh, is it true you got a club fine for eating a pie in a dugout? Uh, that is, it is 100%. Lies. <laughs> we'll take your word for it. It's lies, and that was Mister Leg and Mister McKinnon has stitched me up back to you. They're hand in hand. I don't believe that for a second. Definitely um, Away from football and your work, what do you get up to? How do you relax and unwind? Do you? Fit by is my hobby. Can uh. it's enjoy it? If I'm there at training and watching a game somewhere or spending time with the kids. Mm-hmm. You've got a big family. Is it hard to strike the balance between being a junior football manager, working, and having a family life? Ah, it's definitely, definitely, it's busy. It's, it's non-stop. I mean, the life of a junior manager, players in the kind of half. Of, I've seen it close up. For, for you have to day. You're speaking to boys all the time. You're getting messages all the time. You would speak to your co-manager. You got to deal with the committee. You've got to pump the bars up, do the team lines, get wash the straps, put the bibs. Again, it's how do you manage that? Folk there realise it. it's not just a case of training and games, like you say, it's, there's a hell of a lot more goes into it. And what motivates you to do it for, for no pay? And... <laughs> I think it's just my enjoyment of football. I kind of, kind of play football in the mirror. Being with the lads, I'm in a change room, a bit of banter, 
just the togetherness aye, is, aye. Is, is really good Ken. what else you get to do on a Saturday I come and watch <laughs> ok finally I'm going to throw some quick firings at you Mikey ok yeah, I've, I'm going to try and ask us to gauge a poll but VAR yes or no no why I just think it should be left to the referee's decision but if it gets scenes right, like Man United Arsenal last night, which is clearly a mile onside, I mean, I'm a Man United fan, but I, you know, if it gets those ones right, surely it's worth it. I just feel if you're taking VR in, it's got to be for everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, and there's things that they miss and the one over turn, it just. Uh, there's no doubt they haven't got it perfect yet, but I'll nail my colours. I am a fan. I, I think it will be good in the long run. I'm, I'm opposite. I think it should be left to the officials. That's why we'll all fit, but. That's it. Um, one. Rule you would change? One rule I would change is the offside rule. I would say offside is offside. Okay. I, I, anybody's offside is offside. If you're offside, you're offside. Anybody. Okay. This isn't, you're not sort of how it was originally when it first came in. You uh, revert back to that. This isn't idea. You're not interfering with play. For me, if you're on that pitch, you're interfering with play. And if you're not interfering with play, you should be subbed. Is it true that your celebrity lookalike is Rag and Bone Man? So I've heard. I was expecting Brad Pitt, but I've heard it's Rag and Bone Man. But uh, if we're talking about, uh, we're not talking about lookalikes, but if, if there's a professional manager there with similar attributes and style to you, who is it? Oh, now you're... I would say, I would like to say Alex Ferguson, but I'm probably more like... Uh, Sam Allardyce. Sam Allardyce, that's <laughs> the one I was thinking. <laughs> I can get the best out of what I've got. Okay, very last thing, Mikey. Um, if... You had to, and nobody's got to be an idea, but if you had to pick a six-a-side team for the current squad to guarantee you a win, save your life, who's in it? Bino, Phil, John, Jamie, and I would have to go with my goalie, Matthew. That's five? Five. I could throw in, I'll throw in uh, Nathan Ross. Wildcard. Wildcard to go win a game and a Mikey, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, hearing your story and getting your thoughts on different side today. Thank you for coming. Thank you very much for having me. No bother. Um, give, your shout, uh, give your sponsor one more shout out for me because uh, we want to big them up. Thank you, the Severites, for sponsoring me this season. Much Th- appreciated. Thank you. Massive thanks to Mikey for coming along and talking so openly to me. It really was fascinating to hear about his journey and his thoughts on the club and the squad. I'm looking for more guests to add to my growing list. You don't have to be involved with Evan's side. I'd welcome a chance to speak to people from other clubs or anyone outside of football with an interesting story to tell. As always, a huge thanks go out to the sponsors who keep Devon's side afloat. They are AJ Rennie. Home Bakery McDuff, Fred Phillip Electrical, Nordic Shellfish, Bridge Carpets, Athel Scott and McDuff Shipyards. I'd also like to express my gratitude to Billy and Stuart at the Castle Bar, who look after us so well after home games. Thanks for listening. Um, You can listen, subscribe and follow this podcast on the Anchor app, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public and Pocket Casts. See you next week.